Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of a 20-sided die. Guess what? I'm Jordan. And also, guess what? With me is Cody. Hey. What's up? Hi. How's it? What's How are you Hi. doing? How are you doing, Cody? What have you been up to recently? I have a few things I want to talk to you about. The first Please, one... let's not go down the freaking road that we just went down for the last 20 No, minutes. that's why I talked to you. Okay, okay. okay why are you no, 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 no. Let's go, let's, let's go straight into... What else? I thought you were just going to rehash. No. I was so scared. No. no. We spent 20 minutes talking about that. <laughs> Sorry, my mic is a little hot. All right. No, no, no. I'm not going to talk it's about what we talked about off air. It's not appropriate for this podcast. Thank um, God. No, these are both... One of them's mediocre. One of them's really good and cute. Um. So the first one. I saw um, Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. You watched Moon Knight. That have you seen one? Moon Knight? I've seen three episodes. We have not finished it yet. Do you just do you just not care at all? Is that is that the most? I mean, I do care. And I know that I heard from people that it gets like really interesting in five and six, but not there's there yet. one good episode and then there's a whole bunch of stuff. I just don't I really care like the, at all about. I really like the first episode. I thought the first episode was great. I, uh, when it was still kind of a question mark, that first episode was interesting. Yeah. Um, just because it was like, oh, what's going on? You yeah. know, but they did a very good job, like, like making you like wonder what the heck this whole plot is. I thought it was very good. Yeah. And uh, just to me, like, I, I guess I will not talk too much about it. So I'm not going to have too much to say because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, I know what episodes people are talking about, and I agree, those were interesting. I wish that more of the show had been like that instead of, in my opinion, super boring. It wasn't really, like, bad. It was just kind of like, I was like, yeah. Typical. Okay. Because it's Marvel. It wasn't bad. It was typical. We've, we've talked yeah. about this. Where it's like, Marvel movies aren't bad, and the new ones aren't bad. They're just as good as the other ones, but they're the same exact thing, so you kind of lose all interest because you know how it's going to go. It's. I think Moon Knight's good, but like I also, unlike you, haven't watched any of the new Marvel stuff since Endgame. So like I've had a break from all oh, of that. Oh yeah, I would say that this has been so far like no, I like this better than I like this better than uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, but other Falcon, than that, I I liked um, Soldier Man. I don't know. Yeah. I, I liked this better than the cold birds. That's what their team name would be. The cold birds. Oh, you know, winter soldier. Yeah. Winter soldier and Falcon, the cold birds. Ca- oh, cold captain birds. Falcon winter soldier is what I usually, yeah. I can't remember what the actual show was called anymore. <laughs> it's winter soldier and captain and, and fuck. I, sorry. <laughs> I think it's crap. Think it's Falcon I don't, and the winter soldier. I don't actually, you know, we can sit here. Cause for five he's not minutes Captain Falcon. She's yeah. <laughs> not Captain Falcon yet, but I do call him Captain Falcon. Cause that's basically what he is. Well, and I think at the point of him becoming Captain America, Captain I don't think Falcon, he's the yes. Falcon anymore, Captain. but so I think he's Captain America. Look, a Falcon never sheds its wings. I don't know. That, no, that'd be horrifying. That's just cut exceptions <laughs> off. <laughs> Oh so god, what is that bird doing? Ah! I, did, I did have to clip chicken wings when I was younger, but that's like trimming toenails. It's just the feathers. Yeah, yeah, just um, yeah, just the feathers. Also, because otherwise they fly back away. to the sheer difference between your upbringing and my upbringing. What, because it involved chickens? Your upbringing <laughs> involved chickens and putting p- possums 
or was it a raccoon? Putting possums or raccoons into Both. buckets and mine. I put a possum in a yeah, bucket. Yeah, and mine I put a possum in a only involved having multiple rabid raccoons in our backyard on a couple different occasions. But I never really had the same like clipping chickens and raccoon possum. Other than the time where multiple times where we had a rabbit raccoon in our backyard, I had to call animal control before any of us got hurt. That oh, happened. Animal control. Yeah. Or whatever it's called. Wrestle that thing yourself. It was rabid. It had little rabies. It was literally foaming at the mouth. We would have gotten. Okay, really you know hurt. what? Don't 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 do what I just said. <laughs> yeah, <That's a> bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, and I was also like eight at the time. Anyways, we don't. Ha- Why do we always tell horrifying stories about our childhoods? Like, well, Jordan. Usually, I try to be entertaining and tell fun anecdotes from my life, like that I used to clip chicken wings because they would fly away. Um, he was shaking it spit of foam foamy spit was coming off his lips and we just didn't know what to do because our parents were at home my brother was supposed to be watching us but there was this raccoon back there and like what do you do with the raccoons back there because like people go through our yard all the time what if the raccoon attacks someone what happens then what if the raccoon gets into the house somehow i don't know they have thumbs they can open the doors he knows. He was so angry. He was so angry. We called animal control because my mom was like, okay, I'll call. Just tell me what's happening. I'll call. Was, yeah, he was just so scary. Oh, God. I mean, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of raccoons or possums or really any, like, varmint-type animal. Not a fan. Yeah, yeah, um, vermin. No, but the uh, the second thing I did, <laughs> this is actually, actually a cute, fun story. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was outside working in my driveway. And this kid came up and was like, hey, do you have a bicycle pump? And I was like, no, I I don't have a bicycle pump. I have an air compressor with a long hose I can drag out, but I don't have a pump. And he kind of just stared at me, you know? So you taught a kid about air pumps and air compressors. It's not portable. You you can't take it with you. And he just kept staring at me, you know, because he clearly thought it was just going to be, here's a bicycle pump. Then it wasn't. And, you know, a nine-year-old just locks up at that point. And so I'm like, you know, you can bring your bike down, though, and I can air up the tires, right? So he, like, him and his brothers all bring their bikes down, and one of his brothers is, like, a teenager. Um, so I'm sitting there airing up the tires, and he's like, hey, do you know anything about working on uh, motorcycles? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I work on both my bikes on occasion. And he's like, okay, well, I got this scooter. Um, could you put a starter on it for me? I was like, yeah, sure, just come by sometime. So he... He did. This week, he came by, and I put a starter on a scooter for him, and then I found out it didn't run, and he thought the starter would fix it, and it hadn't. So then we sat there and, like, worked on his scooter, and I got the scooter running, and he got to drive off on his scooter. It was real nice. I was like, look at that! I did, like, a nice suburban neighbor thing. I fixed a teenager's scooter. So now he can drive up and down the road on his scooter that he stuck LED lights to. (laughs) There's just, like, strips of lights wrapped around it. I'm like, that's pretty fun, you know? If you're gonna have a scooter, you might as well have fun with it. Yeah, it was nice. Well. It was fun. Yeah. It's fun to like get to work on something, you know. That's like I remember having a motorcycle that didn't also, run and to having be to mess like with that it all the time. Dad, that the neighbor kids are like, oh yeah, you can help me with this stuff. I'm like being the right? handyman, dude. That's kind of fun. It feels it feels nice. It felt I got to tell him how batteries work and oh, that's pretty cool. I got to adjust a carburetor, you know, because the scooter didn't run. I mean, so that's, that's, that's a nice experience. That's a fun, yeah, that's a fun experience. Yeah, it was a good time. I felt I felt very good. That was Monday night. It was like I came inside. And I was like, yeah, I, d- I helped a kid. 
I'm a good person, you know? Well, thank you all for listening. That was the adventures of White Suburban Dad. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we call White Adventures. (laughs) Yeah, that, that, that was the adventure of White Suburban Dad. Let me repeat. White Suburban Dad coming to a theater near you. Um... Cody literally just walked away, so I don't know how we're going to have a conversation on a podcast. You literally did. First of all, you were out of camera, so that does mean that you walked away. You were out of camera. I was a foot out of frame. I have a mini Okay, okay, okay. So what what happens to get you out of frame, Cody? You walk. You walked away. But I didn't, like, leave the room. Okay. Yeah, but you... I I didn't walk away, but I physically did walk away. Yes, it happens. Anyways... Guys, semantics. Jordan, what have you been up to? All right, Jordan, what have you been up to? Other than wanting to carve out my own heart and see how long it can beat outside of my chest. um, I I think it's about 30 seconds to a minute. I think maybe two. I think it's like 30 seconds. Well, I'm not talking about separating the veins. So I think that like it probably would last a little bit longer than that. But I would be in extreme amount of pain. Um, I don't think it would last. But I don't think that if someone removed your heart and left it hooked up, it would last for more than two minutes. How do you think open heart surgeries work, buddy? They're surgeries. They're not just like boop. They're not. It's not like you yourself. We can't keep doing this. We can't can't keep doing this. Anyways. (laughs) How many times have we had this talk? (laughs) Literally once. So, um, um, I've been reading and watching a couple of things for the first time in my life. I regret it because I feel like a failure. But, um, outside of that, <laughs> this blindsided Cody of all sorts of things. So, um, wait, why do you feel like a so, failure? So, um, I started, look, there was this one, like, one shot manga. It's only four, four chapters that I read. It's actually really good, like, sad, but, like, had it, had a humor about it and, like, was, like, a relatable like kind of endearing story but it's called my broken miracle and it's about this um sorry for the depressing topic i will just straight up say that but it's about this woman who's um who finds out her friend committed suicide and it follows this um person like as she goes through the grief and then wanting to honor her friend after death um Spoilers, one of the scenes is literally her stealing the ashes from her friend's abusive dad and like jumping out of a window because but <laughs> to like get away from it. But yeah, but but it, it was it was really good, like just kind of like th- this thing of where it, it is relatable, you know, being someone who's had to grieve someone like that before, and like just like watching in the the character in the way that they like showed the character wasn't just like it wasn't just misery porn they showed like a very realistic view of someone who was going through this type of thing it was like i said it was relatable i like the character a lot i like the story that they told over the four chapters i don't know like there, there were parts where it really does have a humor about it at certain points or like because she like had to run and jump out of the like i guess off the balcony to get away from this guy who she stole the ashes from like she doesn't she she left her shoes at the house because you know as a japanese person you, you leave the shoes outside before entering the residence and you um um and so she like okay well i only have one other pair of shoes and she goes to the closet get it and apparently like they smell really bad and there's this whole panel of, like oh my god and just like freaking out about how bad so so it has like little moments like that to keep the like keep it light but I relate to only having like two pairs of shoes because yeah. I only but, have but, like but it's, two pairs. Yeah, of but like shoes. It's, it's it's not like misery point. It does have a humor about it. There are like funny moments in it, which is weird saying this about a 
book that's about like someone committing suicide but but i i liked it i don't think that's weird i mean i think that like humor really like the kind of humor that i like i think generally comes from like the shared i don't want to say lunacy that's not what i mean but the like maybe this the like shared common dysfunction of humanity like it's those moments that we all fumble in a way that is familiar yeah that i find humorous and that frequently happens in times of stress so yeah i think that grieving a you know a loved one is one of those times that we're going to behave in silly ways that we all find relatable but yeah i i mean look i would like to talk more about this but i literally like what an hour almost yeah almost two hours ago just got off of a plane so i'm a little like dazed but um yeah yeah i'm honestly like when i messaged you today and you were like yeah i'm good to record i'm like Okay, I don't. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so, <laughs> I don't so, think I would be. So I'm a little, I'm a little subdued. I must say, I'm, I'm sorry about that, but I'm, I'm a little subdued. But yeah, like I think check, check it out if you want to like a story like that. And again, um, I'll say trigger warning because it is about a person who um, commits suicide, and there is, um, scenes of like abuse, and then one scene of self harm. It's literally just a page, but just need to. Throw that warning if that is something that bothers you. Don't read yeah. it. But it is. It's a, it's a good story. It it was a nice light. Well, not light, but nice, easy read. Like I said, four chapters in and out, done. And I like nice lights. Sorry. Short stories like that. I understand. Lightweight. Yeah, light, you're lightweight. Physically. Yeah, physically. <laughs> not, physically not light. Not, not, yeah, not um, story daily-wise, like, um, physically light. But, um, yeah. Then the, Wait, do you... Do we want some podcast ASMR? Everyone listen. Um, you know, you know for a fact that I'm just going to mute that on the track, right? Oh yeah, it sounds so good. It's a Starbucks dark roast pour right there, freshly brewed. Are you making a note of time so you can cut? No, this out? no, I'm, I'm not making a note of time because I'm going to clearly see it and then I'm just going to delete it. I mean, <laughs> I'm a little offended. I might, I might not if it turns out good, but you know, I don't like that much noise on the tracks man um i mean did i not tell you that we're becoming an asmr podcast now you you have told so, me multiple different times before and here, i've rejected that every single time you told me i'm going to unlock the car those are his footsteps Screw writing stories, George. We're an ASMR podcast now. I like the foily, foily, foily work podcast of just like foily. Yeah, of just <laughs> that was the um, train thing going. The yeah. Anyways, this is probably really bad radio, and I apologize. There was a podcast I listened to where they were like telling a story. This it was like a fake thing it was like a noir story set in los angeles and they were talking about like this gang of foley artists so when they got in a fight it was like a bunch of sound effects from all the foley artists fighting which was funny you know because there was like an excuse to have all these crazy sound effects it was cute anyways so have you have you read anything have you read any other melancholy things? Besides, um, so, so uh, the other one that I watched wasn't melancholy. Um, I that that was the only melancholy thing I watched. Well, I did finish the uh, manga that I talked about last week, but I mean, it's been like for us two weeks since I've talked about it, so I I, can't, I don't remember where I left off on you. Sorry, 
but that was very melancholy. But the okay. other thing that I watched was um, Super Crooks on Netflix. It's um, uh, Amer- Japanese American anime based off of the um, Jupiter's Legacy comics, which I never read. The Jupiter's Legacy. I know they made a Netflix show that, as all Netflix shows, got canceled. But Super Crooks was. Oh yeah. yeah! Wow! Yeah. But but Super Crooks is an anime based off that world, and it was it was really it's following the villains in that world, and it was really fun. Where it's like it starts out as this like guy who wants to like it's this kid like you know fifteen whatever wants to be a superhero and like reads all the Jupiter's Legacy comics, which in that world they're based off of true events, and he's like oh look at these heroes, and then he gets his superpowers. Um, and after an incident, realizes that he could never be a superhero and he wants to be a supervillain. And so he becomes pretty much a petty thief. And it's about like, I think like what, 20 or so years later where he is attempting to have the biggest score of his life with these other crooks. And it's just a really fun. It was there's some things that were a little frustrating at, at times, but it was, I thought it was really fun. I really liked it. I thought the art was fine. Like a nice mix between the American comics and also like the anime style of things. And it was just, it was a fun little story. Only what? 13 episodes completed story. I might have out. to watch that. I've kind of been hankering in anime. I'm hankering in anime and a halfway decent book. And I have neither of those yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Super Crooks is fun. I don't know. Like, usually when I recommend animes to you, you don't like them. So we'll see. It's it's fine. I I, I liked it. It's it's fun. And it kind of does the same thing that all of, like, these new, like, American Japanese animes do. Where it's, like, pretty gruesome violent at times. But it, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed the story. And I thought that they did a good job at tying it all together. It was very, it was very fun. I, I like heist things and it was a lot of, it was very heisty i have never gotten into that and not as like a rule i just you know i've seen oceans and um that's like the only one i've ever seen it well you know i liked the movie the italian job when i was like 10 was that movie good i, I don't don't remember I'm terrified to go back and find out. I, I am I scared think to watch things as a my rule, youth. we should start doing this thing where we just stop going back and watching things that we loved as kids because we will almost always Especially ruin anime. it for each other, for ourselves. Sorry. Like, yeah. like, uh, I just, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to at all. But anyways, that's, that's my thing. Um, <laughs> uh, Cody, um, it's time to roll for the um, storytelling thing, I think. If we all roll ones again, I think that's it. I think we're done. If yeah, we, if we both roll like ones or again. either of us rolls one, I think that we should just quit the podcast forever. Yeah. Do, do you agree? T- we'll we'll take today off. You you just got off a plane. No, no. If we if we roll <laughs> one, fail, the no, podcast no. is yeah, over. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Critical fail. We just don't do the podcast anymore. I think that's what should happen. Okay, Cody. the The podcast depends on this. Whew, I was close, but not not a one. Am I going? Second? Yeah, I rolled a one. I'm not okay, even well, kidding. I am literally. Over. Thank you guys for listening. Um, this has been World Shop, and we'll catch no, you, know you all gonna, on the flip side. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. I'm just gonna I'm gonna share us. I'm gonna share a screen just, with you right now. So you can oh, see. yeah, so we can have proof. Yeah, oh, yeah he's not lying, yeah, guys. You thank That's... you for listening. Um, podcast is over. This is the last episode. We'll talk to you on the flip side. Bye. Crit failed. All right. Well, Jordan, you're going first again. You know what I rolled, Cody? And also, I'm going to put a, a way six? longer. 
close, actually. I rolled an eight. Um, I'm gonna put. I thought you said six. I said an eight. I, I actually I didn't say a number first. <laughs> I said I rolled oh. close to that, but not quite. And then I'm like, eight, eight. Cody, look. Here's the thing: is I'm going for. I've gone first this entire series. Do you understand? I've gone first this entire series, and I haven't always rolled like a super high number. I've been rolling like in the teens a lot, but like eights are not today, super high numbers. I rolled an no. eight, Cody. Yeah. I rolled an eight. I'm really you bad at dice. To, it's not you're bad at dice. I think the Google dice just I rolled you. a one Th- three weeks three, in a row. Three we- yes, it has been. Well, there was one week where we both rolled one, so we had to redo it, and then I rolled a 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was very funny week. I honestly, yeah, it whatever. So I rolled an eight. I don't want... Cody, I think you're doing this on purpose. Do you just you want, want me, me to go first? No, Cody. I no, shared no, my we, screen Cody, with you. We, you can't we, even we question me. Uphold the rules, Cody. I'm going first. Jordan, we make the rules. I know, but without structure, there is no podcast. And I am the one who Embrace created the structure. Your inner joker. Okay. All right. Well, first of all, I actually think that's not true. Actually, can someone go back and listen? Who decided the rolling for initiative? Was that Cody or me? Because I don't remember. I think that was me. I do think it was I you. Think it was I me. think it was you. But the talk for 20 minutes and then start the show, that was definitely me. <laughs> I think that was a I think that was a side effect of we would hit record. Yeah, but I would always stop as a 20, so I'm gonna say it's me. I'm giving myself some credit for the things that happen on this podcast. Giving yourself some credit. You can give yourself credit for doing all of the difficult work of Yeah, doing we, the we did talk about this before the show started. Is that like if we were gonna do it? Yeah, even where you split, said you'd pay me like five percent. No, yeah, I, I would pay, if we ever No, no, I, you would be making five to ten percent less than me because I do all the editing, the scheduling, the releases, the scheduling. <laughs> yes! <laughs> scheduling. When we did all of the um what is it called? The audio drums, I did all the scheduling okay, for both of Okay, you know what? That's fair. Yes, that is a I fair point. I think schedule. I messed up. I did some all, of my I friends, did all the I scheduling say, yeah, for the D thing too. I have done all the scheduling for guests except for the one time you had Kelsey on. Oh, and, and the Caitlin and, episode. And and Caitlin. And I think I've talked to Diana a few times. No, all of those were like, hey Diana, can you please be on the show? Here's times that work for us. Look, Jordan, Diana's my friend. You can't have her, all right? You friend thief. Look, I've got really solid advice for everyone out there. Never introduce any of your friends to Jordan because then he steals them. That's what no, happens. No, I'm That's just a genuinely good person to be around. At least some people think so. <laughs> I don't think so, but, you know, others do. Literally moved across the country to be further from me and closer to Diana. I that's not that's, that's the reason in that's my not, head. That's, I don't know that that's, 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 that's true. not even remotely why I moved across the country, but whatever. Wait, can I just mention real quick that the funniest picture I've ever seen is the one that really looked like you just about slam dunked a dog. You're like standing over the lifeless body of a I'm dog. I'm doing like the anime poses, like the both arms sort like hunched over about like I'm about to fight and the dog is like sprawled out. And yeah, yeah it really looks does like look you just like, slammed like we, that. Yeah, dog. like we just like I just threw him against the ground and that's the pose after I threw him down. And I look, that's not what happened. The dog literally didn't get any sleep that night. It was tired and I was standing up. <laughs> and you were trying to fight it. I get it, yeah. <laughs> that was the pose I make when I stand up. Anyways, Cody, you're still sharing your screen, by the way. Oh, do you want me to? No, not you can't. You can't. I don't care. I just let do you. Do you want to look at pictures of Trisha Payne? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Uh, anyways, I'm going to start the story. So, again, split the same chapter into three parts. So, this is the ending of um, No Name Wishes of Monsters, Chapter 17, Run. And so, what happened last time for Cody, who doesn't remember, is that they've been hunting for. Oh, Cody, what's been happening, actually, since you're giving me that face? 
I don't remember. It's been two weeks. <laughs> yeah, you gave me the face like, oh, of course I remember. And then just didn't remember. But yeah. I didn't say, of course I remember. I made a face because I was offended. And then you called me out on <laughs> Yeah, then I called right. the bluff. No, they were investigating a snail. I'm pretty no. sure they a girl got snailed. And then okay, Cody, they stop, found stop. a you book do this. that's not what happened. That led to a that's snail. And then now they're taking snail samples. Okay, I'm going to delete that and because I don't want to confuse the audience. I think they actually are taking snail samples. I, I don't want to confuse the audience. Anyways, so what actually happened is that they have been investigating the school after a girl who gets attacked by a monster, wolf. Snail. Wolf. That is ma- There was a snail. There was not a snail. You're probably thinking Why of all the I slime think- and goo, probably. Yeah. But it's a wolf. Oh, it a was monster a wolf. wolf that oh, is made out was. of a goo who attacked a young girl. I thought you were joking about the snail trying to be funny, I but you were not. actually dead I was, serious. I didn't think it was a snail, but I thought it was like a goo monster. Well, yeah, it's a goo monster, a snail, but it's, so. it is the form of a wolf. And so they go into the school looking for it. They don't find the monster or the source, but as they're leaving, they stumble across the monster who has grown exponentially about like seven foot right now and is right outside the door of which they're hiding so i am literally going to pick up right where i left off with the snail monster um outside the door and nate and danny trying to make their escape from the abandoned school i just want you to know that there is an animal called a wolf snail that sounds awesome let me look this up. It's just a snail. It looks like a snail, but apparently it's predatory. Oh, it just looks. I don't freaking know what oh, a snail has, can hunt. It has like wild face with all the like. Yeah, snails are messed up. Yeah, most Anyways. bugs are. Anyways, um, should have really gone with a snail. I don't think the snails are bugs. Don't don't. I literally cannot talk about bugs or plants anywhere. Don't do this to me. Will you be attacked by most people in your life? Yeah, especially the one who's into etymology and um, horticulture, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying Diana is, too. I've gotten a yeah, lot of flack for saying that humans grew an extra set of arms. I you, still have not lived that The thing that is, down. you're still getting flack for that, like, almost a year later. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's a been, while. I think it's been almost <laughs> a literal year at this point. Diana will not let yeah, it go. <laughs> okay, I need to get to the story, Cody. It's been way too long. Uh, okay, anyways. Nate quickly held a finger to their lips to silence me, and we both listened to the sounds outside of the door. It sounded like the creature was walking right past us. We waited silently and motionlessly. I didn't want to move a muscle in my body in fear of alerting the beast. Anything could set that thing off on us, and we were standing in such a tiny enclosed place that we had nowhere to go when it did attack. Sitting ducks was an understatement in the situation. What felt like an eternity of us standing still like statues was probably closer to five minutes. Sweat had formed on my brow, and my breath had become staggered as I had unconsciously been trying to hold my breath to stay been unconsciously trying to hold my breath to stay quieter. Nate seemed relatively composed, albeit their hands deft gripped around both the stun baton and the door. Finally, Nate made a move. They slowly turned the doorknob and gave me a look that said it was time to get out of there. They slowly pushed the door open and looked both ways. I have not actually read this in literally a month, <laughs> so so like I'm surprising hey, the first my- time you stumble more than me. You know that's never happened. Yeah, before. so so I'm so I, I am surprising myself when it comes to some of the things I wrote. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I wrote that. Okay, I took a steady look at the small crack between the door and wall. And I saw a small glimpse of the creature. Saw a small glimpse of the creature move from outside, but it was too late to warn Nate. The monster had been waiting for us. It was much smarter than I thought it would be. 
Nate, being fast with their reflexes, ducked and darted out of the door as the creature swung one of its giant paws towards us. I tried to follow, but I was too slow. The door and the creature's paw slammed into me as I had my left arm through the opening. I was thrown backwards into the closet, and I felt a blunt pain in my forearm that felt like a shotgun blast. The pain turned from blunt force to a searing burn when I felt my arm snap. I screamed out in agony as the pain shot from my arm all the way to my toes and then to my head. I knew at that moment that the creature had cleanly broken my arm. I didn't have time to think about the pain or what to do about it. I had to move fast or I was in deep trouble. With everything I had left, I grabbed the door knob with my right arm and pulled it close with a slam. The creature then slammed against it and began trying to scratch the door open. Between the pain in my left arm and the strain from holding the door tightly, I didn't know how long I could hold out for. I could see that my arm was already beginning to swell in the area where it hung at an awkward angle. I had hoped Nate made it, made it out okay. I didn't care about what happened to me as long as they were safe. Though at the same time, I also hoped that they didn't leave me to deal with this. I was afraid for both of us. That's when I heard Nate's loud, ear-piercing scream, and I felt the force on the other side of the door quickly go away. Danny! Get out of there and run! It's clear! Nate screamed. I didn't hesitate and pushed the door open. Nate had taken the shovel from the ground and jammed it into the creature's neck. The creature was struggling to stand all the way up as Nate was pushing it back away from the door. It was trying to bite at Nate, but they kept a good distance as they continued to push it backwards with the shovel jammed into its neck. To my horror, I noticed that the wound that Nate had given the creature was beginning to reach out with thin black tendrils and grip against the shovel. The sight of that hit me like a punch in the stomach. I knew then and there that this thing could regenerate. What are you waiting for? Run! Nate screamed, struggling against the creature. What about you? I yelled as I backpedaled away from the scene of the fight, refusing to take my eyes off Nate or the monster. The adrenaline in my body was firing on all cylinders to the point where I didn't quite feel the pain in my arm. All I wanted to do was run from this situation, but I couldn't leave Nate. I'll run when you run, just go! They pushed against the shovel and the creature's back knees hit the ground as its front claws tried to dig in and stop it from being pushed backwards. Suddenly, the shovel snapped and the creature started to push up again. Nate was surprised, but without hesitation, they jammed the handle into the wolf's snarling mouth and swiped upwards, taking a large chunk of the black goo with the handle. The creature fell backwards and began trying to claw the broken shovel head out of its neck. It made sickening, gurgling noises as it struggled. I could see the wound from its mouth that Nate inflicted had already begun to close. The creature's bulging black form was gripping onto the shovel and pulling it inwards even as the creature tried to pull it out. The foreign body must have caused the wolf pain, regardless of its own healing powers. I was frozen with shock and awe, even though I didn't have time to focus on the nature of the beast. Nate's quick thinking gave us time to move. The creature would struggle and we would run. We couldn't waste this. Nate turned towards me and we both took off towards the large staircase. He won't be down for long. Fucker is already regenerating. You keep him focused and I'll pull the car around and pick you up. Nate called out as we ran down the rest of the hallway. Wait, how are you going to get the car if we are both going the same way? I yelled at Nate. They were already on it and in a burst of speed took off down the hallway pulling away from me. They headed towards the window at the end of the hall and jumped tucking their knees up in to try and avoid the standing glass around the frame. 
Despite their perfect cannonball form, they still took glass with them on their way out the window. They flew through, still holding the shovel handle with the goo chunk. Even though it was impressive, I was shocked. Who the hell just jumps from a second story window without second thought? I got to the window with enough time to see Nate roll back to their feet like an amateur parkour enthusiast and start heading to their car. That's when I heard the clatter from the shovel and the sounds of the creature beginning to stand up again. Adrenaline turned my heart into an engine and my legs into racing tires. I flew down the steps as fast as I could. By the time I hit the landing, the creature was already to the top of the stairs. I didn't dare look back. It kept running across the landing and down the second set of stairs. As I made it to the floor, I heard the creature clamber down the stairs and hit the muraled wall with a loud SPLAT! That didn't stop its momentum too much. Its footsteps kept coming. I made it to the first floor and charged down the hallway as fast as I could. I was never a distance runner, though at the moment I felt like I could have run 8 miles at this speed without slowing down. My chest was on fire and my broken arm felt like it was going to explode off my body. The adrenaline dulled the pain. Still, with every pump of my arm, I was reminded that the creature had easily snapped it. This only caused me to move faster in fear of what else the creature could do if it had caught up to me. When I made it to the glass lobby, I could hear Nate's engine roar as they, they were speeding to come save me from an untimely death. I crossed through the glass and out into the dirt in front of the building. My lungs were burning holes through me, but I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to think about how close the creature was either. No matter how far back it was, I could almost feel it chomping at my heels. I was starting to slow down. The pain became too much and my left arm dropped to my side. I was only able to pump my right arm running now, causing me to drag even more. I felt that I was doomed to be taken by the creature. To my surprise, a beacon of hope came blasting towards me. Nate's car shot towards me like a rocket ship, sending dirt and gravel flying through the air behind it in thick clouds. <clears throat> Keep running! He's right there! Nate screamed as their car finally pulled up next to me. They started peeling away from me, so I pumped my legs as hard as I could. I can't slow down! You're going to have to make it work! Nate screamed with a frantic look on their face. I was trying my hardest to pick up speed. My heart threatened to beat through my chest and my legs felt like they were going to shatter against the ground. I was finally edging close enough to fling their car door open with my right hand. I could feel the creature on me like a shadow. I was able to manage to grab the inside of Nate's car and pull myself into the passenger side, almost breaking off the inner handle they designated the oh shit handle. I felt my feet leave the ground and hit the floor of Nate's Jeep. The door started to close on me and I pulled it tightly shut for fear I would roll out of the car if Nate went any faster. I collapsed into the passenger seat out of breath and in pain. With me in the car, Nate floored it, kicking up even more dirt and gravel and flinging it at the beast behind us. I looked back as it slammed its paws forward to stop itself from running and put its face down to shield itself from the assaulting mud bath. It had been much closer to me than I had thought. I was grateful to have made it out safe and alive. I wanted to scream to the heavens with relief, but I, but my burning lungs would not allow me to do that. I was alive. Regardless of my broken arm, I was alive. Even with my slightly inconvenient injury, I was glad I still had my life. We had left the creature in dust as we headed back to the forest road we had come from. The creature behind us planted its feet and let out a loud, ear-piercing scream. 
I expected a roar like a lion. Instead, it was more of a screech with an undertone that sounded like grinding marbles together. I looked back to see it with its head up in the air and its mouth open wide, flinging strands of black goo everywhere. The bulges in its mane pressed against its skin as if they were reaching outward and screaming along with it. It looked like little mouths were opening in its neck. I shuddered and turned back around, horrified. It's okay. It's okay. We made it. We're okay, Nate said, panting. I couldn't tell if they were trying to reassure themselves or me. I pointed to my broken arm. Yeah, but I'm in bad shape, I said. The adrenaline was fading, and the pain was spreading throughout my body. Everything hurt. My legs were tired and sore, and I was starting to lose feeling in my fingers. Nate looked at me with shock. I don't think they realized I had broken my arm in the monster attack. Don't worry, we're going to the hospital, they said, trying to remain calm. I took some shards of glass to the hands and legs when I went through the window. I noticed now that Nate's clothes were torn and they were bleeding pretty badly. It didn't seem like any of the cuts were life-threatening. They would probably require stitches. That was the least of our worries at this point. We are going to have a lot of explaining to do, I said worriedly. I know. We got a really good fresh sample, so that should help figure out what to do about this thing and appease Eli, if only just a little bit. Nate motioned to the shovel handle covered in goo in the back seat. He's going to make us go back after that thing, I said with dread dripping into my voice. I know. He's going to think we messed up. Nate sounded worried and defeated. I didn't think we were going to do any good going back out there right away. The source of this creature was still out there, and it was feeding it. Despite the ever-present danger, only one thing coursed through my brain. Fuck, I let out. Eli is going to be pissed. And that's the end of my chapter. Finally, after three full weeks, that is the end of my chapter. Oh, right. Yeah, because we missed a week and it was a long chapter. Yeah. That was good, though. I like ah, There we go. I finally finished chapter 17, which was literally three weeks of reading because it's 14 pages. I have another one that's a little bit longer than that, and I apologize. Next week, I'm going to try my hardest just to... It's like 10 pages, but I'm going to try my hardest to do the next chapter in one go because it is a transition thing but yeah what did you think i like that no i liked the whole chapter like i said it's fun to see them doing a mission and that you took the time to like give detail yeah. on that uh i thought the encounter was well done you know that it was tense e. um you know it's fun to see your main characters fail sometimes i say fun well yeah I mean. I mean it's uh that that's the like trouble with writing sometimes is like you want your characters to succeed you want it to be able to think it's like yeah they have to conquer the bad guy and that's like the point of this like any story even slice of life you want to conquer the thing that is bothering you in life but the second part of that being is like if your characters are constantly winning on the first try as mine have then like you're there's there's no point of it it's like oh they're always going to do well the first time there's going to be no struggles like yeah. you know they're going to be right in the end but like in this i tried to do like put stakes there like he broke his arm he knows that the monster can do way worse so what is it going to look like next time and are they even no, going I to be able it. to catch it, it. I, that's, that's the thing i tried to well like, i like that there. they're like there's like a sense of dread like oh shoot we're gonna get sent out yeah. again you know <laughs> we're gonna get scolded for failing because we're good. supposed and that's the other thing we're supposed to be able to solve these problems in one go and we didn't what happens when we fail because this thing is still a danger to the town because it's this giant goo monster that is like tearing through people so what's gonna happen yeah no i i really enjoyed yeah, it yeah thank you
I really uh, tried. All right, ready for my? Yeah, y'all ready for this? How many times have I done that? Uh, you know, Countless. Jordan. The thing is, it's funny every single shut time. Shut up, Cody. Shut up, hey, Cody. Funny. Shut up. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm not gonna forward this with anything. What happened in the past was uh, Liv and Co were attacked by goats. She spent the night with Rachel, came back, and Leonard pitched the idea of going and seeing a dead, uh, a dead like. I I, I, I have a question. She spent the night with Rachel, but did they kiss in the same house as no? Okay, they didn't, they didn't. <laughs> no, Rachel's married to a dog. <laughs> see, I knew it. I knew it. I've been saying that this whole time. There is a well. You'll see. There's a mention of the dog in this chapter. You re- you ready? Oh wait, I need to put on some music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you have to have music. Man, I do. Silence really gets to me. I think I think it's not maybe a good thing that that's the case, but it is the case. Let me. I've talked to you about my problems with like exam taking and college, right? No. Where I like, I always study with music and stuff, and so like it always caused me great. Like I had you have extreme exam anxiety because because I study with um, music all the time. Going to the exam where there is no music playing, it takes me out of my element, and it's just like, oh crap, what do I do? You know what bothers me about that too? The university w- that we went to, there is no reason why you shouldn't have been able to no. listen to music. Well, any because university, we you had have an honor no code reason and our, our, so you shouldn't be able to have headphones in. Because our tests were unproctored. We could have cheated. We had to sign an honor code that said that we didn't, and then if we got caught, we were expelled, right? That's the dumb part about it. We had to sign an honor code, and they could use that to, regardless of what the offense is, they could use that to s- expel us. <laughs> Yeah, and like, and whatever, you know, but like, the point of that was that we were supposed to be trusted enough to not cheat, so why can't I listen to music while I'm taking my test, but whatever. No cell phones allowed, except why does it matter if I'm not Googling the answers or texting anyone what the answers are. Anyways, I digress. (sighs) Yeah. So explain to me why we're going to see an old fraud. Leonard just sighs and looks out the window of his old truck, and suddenly it really sinks in that he is a very old man. His skin looked almost translucent and loose on his face don't love translucent and loose being the same basically the same word white stuff stuff wow white stubble the white stubble covering his chin and the layers of clothes hit it but this must be really hard on him this might be an old friend that had died that we're going to see or maybe one of the few people that he could still relate to his drawn face seemed less grumpy and more just worried he hadn't he said he hadn't slept and he said his home was under attack and i was being kind to me but only kinda. He had lied to me enough, so at some point this was also his fault. Okay, okay, sorry. I just mean that I don't get it. I don't get what she's supposed to tell us. Even if she is dead, Rachel said she's a fraud. Rachel is a great woman. Maybe one of the few people in this town I can really trust. I I don't mean that we agree, or that she'll even do what I tell her, or even that we even like each other. I trust that she's able to make choices on the fly to keep the sound the, the town safe. And I trust her to not need me to get involved or fix her messes. Uh, okay, what does that have to do with... But that does not mean we see eye to eye on almost anything. She's a scientist at heart and sees magic every day and somehow misses the darn point. She can study the fae, night creatures, and demons from hell and own a dog that is clearly more than a dog and still not get it. Well, get what? Well, that magic is real. 
yeah, I'm pretty sure she knows that magic is real, Leonard. She saw someone breathe fire. She gave a prescription on how to ward off mischievous fairies. Sure, sure. But ask her why I never miss a shot. I'm nothing special. Never made any deals. I'm just an old man. Well, I'm sure you've practiced, Leonard. Of course, I practice. But really, that's not it. She would say, oh, well, the gun is magic. Or maybe the water has properties that enhance natural abilities. Or maybe that it's something else. But she wants to draw a box. She wants to draw a box around it and understand what's here. She doesn't want to believe in the impossible or the unexplained. Oh, are you about to tell me that all I have to do is believe in myself and something wonderful will happen, yes. Leonard? I'm trying really hard not to roll my eyes, old man. Want to wax poetic about something else? See, that's what I mean. I can measure all the problems of this town. I can write them all out. The petty squabbles, the ancient bad blood, the complicated charts of how we get a town of monsters to get along. But no matter how messy it is, I think this town's a beautiful place with zero irony. That's why I do this job. I love that my best friend is a weird old man that talks to rats. And when I need advice, I talk to our fortune teller. We are a haven for all manner of hated things. I thought your job was basically to be like a cop. Eh, Peacekeeper's more accurate, I think. Never really saw the need to define it. I live in a town of monsters, and I try to keep the peace, so I have to be good in a fight. But that's not what sets me apart. Oh, what sets you apart? Well, I was not born here, Liv. I chose to stay here. Same as you, really. I wasn't a farmer. I didn't just work in town. I started doing a job that I thought needed done. Which really was just helping. Yeah, helping. Always carry a gun to help people? Well, not at first. Really, what it was, it was a revenant that got me hooked into staying here. He was eating lambs and some calves. The town was getting nervous and they were fixing to make a posse and go and find the thing. Now... I was a young man and it caught my interest. I was riding through town on a horse. I was riding through town on horseback. Really, more of a drifter at that time. Sometimes I would work for money, but mostly I just went from place to place. To me, the town sounded like a bunch of superstitious fools. Were some of them not also just monsters? Well, sure, some was, but it's hard to tell, and at the time it seemed rude to ask, so. Anyhow. I thought I was in store for some kind of circus freak, so I went to find it myself. You see, it wasn't human. It was motivated by a malicious desire for blood and young living flesh. But not hate, though. It just needed to eat and kill. Which, of course, at the time, I did not know. Eventually, I picked up a trail. Eventually, I picked up a blood trail and walked real quiet and slow through the trees till I seen it. This naked, gray, distorted man, way high up in a tree, eating a dying lamb. Truly a horror. It was staring up at the moon, silhouetted by its light. And I just stood there looking at this thing. It scared me. But, I don't know. It was more than that. It was awe. Something so different, so unknowable was up there, just as animated as me. Might as well have been an alien. Something gave me away. And that revenant glided down to me, silent like fallen leaves, and slithered up through the grass. The night was warm and quiet. It smelled like forest and blood. I didn't want to run, though. It looked at me in the eyes, still drinking blood, and then it hit me. I was just as alien to it as it was to me. Eventually, it just left. So, did you have to kill it? 
The Revenant? No, not at all. I told the town to start leaving buckets of animal blood out if they have kids or young animals. And that worked. Sure does. I saw The Revenant a few weeks ago. It eats babies and you didn't kill it. How does that make sense? It wasn't actively doing something in the moment, so I saw no need to kill it. But it's more than that, Liv. It exists. And I find that wonderful. Even as it is dangerous and deadly, it's also something to be marveled at. Lightning might kill you, and so will a tornado, but I've always watched storms. Rachel wants to understand the storm. I just want to witness it and be in awe of it. I feel like we've gotten off topic. What does this have to do with talking to a dead old fortune teller? Alright. I went and saw Mary Lou a few days after that, and she took my hand and smiled. And she said, Leonard, I've been waiting for you. I knew the shape of your ho- I know the shape of your whole life here in Bolivia. There are other roads you might travel, but she said, Leonard, if you stay here, if you make this your home, you will witness the horror and awe and be brought low by the power that you will never understand. But you might learn to walk with enough grace to make peace. Talk about waxing poetic, huh? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's laying it on thick even for you. Sure. But, you know, sometimes dramatic is appropriate. And when discussing the entire path of a young man's life, maybe some drama is deserved. Anyhow, that was enough. I had to stay and see what she meant. I had to stay and see what this place had in store for me. I was hooked. (laughs) Do you think she could actually see your future or whatever? I don't know. I don't think it rightly matters. She'd said some profound words to me at a time of crossroads. What more can you ask for? The truck rattled along and, be- and I began to feel awkward and maybe nervous. What if my fate was something worse? Or what if my fate was evil? I'm apparently a demon after all. Surely it's, uh, surely it is a nice, mm. sure, it is nice for Leonard that he got to have some profound life meaning, but I had a feeling that I was going, I was not going to bring a smile to the face of an old fortune teller. But Leonard seemed confident, and at some point I'd rather know and then make my own choices, because... I will be damned if some ghost is going to tell me my fate. Although being damned is almost definitely my fate, given the demon thing. Have you considered uh, I might be dangerous if I get my memories back, Leonard? Like if remembering being a demon might make me a demon? Oh, sure. Yeah, I've thought of that. (laughs) On what? You have no worries about that? Hmm. Yeah. If you try to destroy the town, I'll have to kill you. Or I might come face to face with another revenant and decide to leave you buckets of blood for the next 50 years. Both have happened to me countless times. We stopped on a gravel driveway that led to a detached garage next to a wooden house that had long fallen into disrepair. It looked like the snow was holding it up more than anything else. There were patches where the roof had clearly caved in. Leonard hopped out of the truck, his face happy and excited like he was about to see a friend, not like we were walking into a house that would almost definitely fall down in the next two minutes. We walked up the flexing and soft wood steps as a stench wafted as a rotten stench wafted out of the house. Leonard, I am starting to think that Rachel was right and this place is about to fall down and kill us. Make sure you take off your boots. Are you fucking serious, Leonard? Look at this place. You will mind your manners in my home. I jumped and looked around, the voice seemingly coming from nowhere, echoing through the walls. Leonard smiled and looked pointedly at my booted feet. Fine, fine. I pulled the boots off and dropped them dramatically on the floor. Leonard walked casually into a rotting parlor. 
and sat at a spindly, broken chair made of soft, rotting wood. The house was dark and smelled foul, but Leonard looked around happily. Snow fell through breaks in the roof, giving the house the feeling of being both in and outdoors. Come on, Liv, sit. I'm sure she'll be down soon. I walked slowly over to Leonard and sat at the table, confused and beginning to feel apprehensive. The house felt possessed and my skin started crawling. Creaks came from upstairs and I felt my stomach flip. Seeing a corpse walk down the stairs right now would just be too much. But instead, there was a gust of warm air that smelled of spring and freshly baked bread. A slightly golden ripple poured down the stairs as if heat was being pumped into the cold house. Leonard, it's been some time since you've brought me guests. The voice seemed to be coming from everywhere again. Uh, we're desperate, Mary Lou. She she is a demon, Leonard, and of course you've been very rude. The golden shimmer moved towards us and settled into a chair. The temperature of the room increased, and the lovely homey smell grew more powerful. You've messed up with this poor girl, then you brought her here to see me, is that right? No, Mary Lou, we just need advice, or you need your memories back, my dear. How did you know I couldn't remember how I got here? Dear, I know most things. Now give me your hand. Yours too, you grumpy old goat. Um, how do I... How do I give you my hand? Just reach out, dear. Leonard and I both stretched our hand towards the shimmering golden glow. Then I felt a hand in mine. The small hand was calloused and hard. I could feel rings on it. The house melted around me. The rotten house dissolving into a warm home. All wood tones and clean white walls and comfortable furniture. I looked around, taking in the spotless room, and glanced back towards that golden shimmer. A woman sat there. She was middle-aged and statuesque, tall, with striking features accentuated by thick and brightly colored makeup. Her hands were covered in rings, and a massive red beehive wig sat on top of her head. She released my hand and leaned back, looking at me, uh, looking at me and then glanced over at Leonard. What the hell just happened? Language. This is my domain, dear. This is where my now-detached soul lives, and in your world, it is in my old house. But I find this more comfortable. Right, so can you give me my memories back? She looked sad. Not exactly, but I can help both of you. See, there's turmoil coming, and maybe I can give you a glimpse. Great. And what the hell does that mean? I just want to know what happened. Oh, I can show you, but you won't remember. You will see it like watching a TV- like watching a program on the TV. But more importantly, Liv, I can show you what will happen. This is a crossroads, dear, just like Leonard when he decided to stay or go. I like the choice he made all those years ago, and I hope neither of you make a mess of this next few days. Huh, <laughs> boy. Well, you were dealt a bad hand then, Mary Lou, because I apparently am a demon, so I doubt I will be bringing glad tidings and peace like Leonard here did. We will see. She grabbed my hands and I felt the world go dark. I snapped awake in a dark city lit by the glow of neon lights. I was looking at myself, slowly and methodically breaking the fingers of a young woman's hand one by one. That is where what? the chapter ends. <clears throat> no! That's not! That's not where your chapter ends! <laughs> yeah, it is, Cody, no. Yeah, it Podcast veto, no. Keep going. It also does not pick up there, so you're going to have to wait even longer for whatever that Literally, was. how could you do that to me? I didn't think this was a particularly strong end, nor did I think this was a particularly good chapter. I honestly, like, considered next week rewriting this chapter. 
That was the climax of the chapter and you ended at the climax. Oh yeah, I got to this point and I saw this image of me breaking someone's finger. Whoa, that's a huge cliffhanger. What? Cody, yeah. and you thought that was okay. Well, she was a demon. Of course she was breaking someone's fingers one by one slowly. You literally like drew me in so much with that last, like, I will say like five minutes of the story of like, oh yeah, this is the turning point of YouTube. You won't mess this up. And here was the image that I see. And that's all I get. Yeah, I would say that this is kind of like the end of introduction to the story, right? This is like the story kind of kicks off from here, kind of revs up from so, here. Yeah. Not like the next one or two chapters. So I don't think I have to tell like, you if the story was good or not, because I feel like you should know that from me freaking out you ending too early. Um, I, I did not I like mean, this chapter. I think the chapter all. was fine. It's a transition chapter, but I think the way that you tied it in and ended it was good. And like I said, I was I was literally at the edge of my seat when you said that. Like, well, here, here's the exact thing that happened, audience. I was sitting down. I was watching my level, well, the levels as I usually do. And also, there's a like Elden Ring video of size comparisons of bosses on the side. And I was listening. Hold you on, were me, watching size comparison videos of Elden Ring bosses, anyways. But the, I, but I was listening. I was sitting down, lean back. Cody sees arms are folded, and then he says that last line. I literally immediately popped up. It was like no. <laughs> it's like so. Here's here's my man, struggle this with this chapter. Why I'm considering. <laughs> I was gonna say this really sounds like a dick cool. measuring contest in Elden Ring bosses. <laughs> um. So. Here's what I was struggling with with this chapter is there is an emotional point that I'm trying to get across with Leonard and kind of with Liv and Liv I'm really struggling with right now in a way that I did not think I was going to be. But like trying to get this across in dialogue that and I think I kind of have throughout the story and maybe I'm just like hammering this Mm -hmm. in too hard, but. I think it was pretty clear that like a difference between Leonard and Rachel is that Rachel wants to understand the town and Leonard like believes in it. Like he believes that there is something wondrous and mystical about this place and does not necessarily need to understand it to be drawn in by it. Whereas Rachel is trying to pick it apart and find all the pieces and put it all in a book and make it make sense. Right. Um, So I think what maybe... Ah, this is a little bit spoilery, but I think that the reason I wanted to have this here is to try to explain what made Leonard a person that could stay here yeah. and do this job that kind of requires him to not want to kill everything that stumbles into town that is dangerous. So like this idea of him seeing something that is motivated entirely by a desire to kill and going like, there's still something valuable here. Like, I don't want to kill this thing. It's just like I'm in awe of it existing, this thing that is so not human. Um, And that that's kind of the perspective that he takes into all these things is that he finds a certain degree of wonder and fascination in that. Um, In a way that Rachel does too, but hers is much more clinical. She wants to write down all of its parameters and like keep a record of it, right? And I just don't know if I like nailed that feeling well enough. Like I just don't felt like, I didn't feel like the beginning of the chapter flowed. I liked the end. I thought that part was gripping. And I like the fortune teller because she's going to kind of be relevant in the next couple of chapters. And I like like her kind of like brusque attitude yeah. towards both of them. Um, kind of similar to like the way Roz looks at Leonard as like a yeah. young man, like the same way that like 
there aren't a lot of people alive in the town that are older than Leonard, so it's kind of like fun to have someone treated yeah. like a child. Um, but I don't know. I just don't feel like I feel like I did okay at the end, but I don't feel like I nailed the beginning because there's like a there's like an emotional point that I'm trying to get across here that like Leonard is someone inspired by wonder to keep this place safe, like it's a like a national park you know like we we shouldn't mess this up it's something fascinating about this so i I guess the thing i will say and i mean this is completely unhelpful and i do apologize but maybe you did maybe you did it i think that yeah it's it's to me it feels like a trip i'm just gonna be honest it feels like a transition um chapter i did like the thing that leonard said at the beginning because i do think that it does a bit for the world building especially character building when it comes to Leonard I don't know how that applies when it comes to Liz but I do like what you wrote well I mean I well, look I know where so, you're, I understand where you're going because you just pretty much just said what you're trying to do with it I get it but from, upon listening to the chapter yeah I think that what you wrote with Leonard I think that was a good a good little scene kind of like does create the idea of like a whimsical side to this town where all these monsters and things happen where we've literally had a demon in the last chapter talking about hurting a dog and then we go for a more whimsical side oh yeah there is literally just a revenant 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 walking around um yeah, yeah just just eating just eat, eating eat lambs. lambs and that's seen as that's just the revenant who's been and as you kind of dropped it like a very quick live but that's been happening for 50 years <laughs> So, but yeah, yeah and, and, and I and I like well, the ideas that you, you do. I think you created a good juxtaposition between the two characters because there's one who does these things because it's part of like, oh, what makes the town click like clockwork, and the other one who has a very specific mission and message that they're trying to find. They want to figure out what their memories are, and at least for now, they want to get the frick out of the town. So I, I think you created a nice juxtaposition. Yeah. I think that's, to me, that's really more of what the chapter did. It did a more of a job of defining the two and their differences. Which is, that's what it was supposed to do, because that's going to, like, this is a little bit spoilery, but not really because of what was at the end of this chapter. And what, I think you're, I think you're guessing what's about to happen here, right? Yeah. Like, you can pretty much assume what the next chapter or the next two chapters is going to be. Um, but... Well, okay, so two things. One, like, we're going to get more certainty about who both of these characters are, right? Like, that's going to be what happens next. Um, And where they are different and where they are similar. And, Jordan, you might remember this, an audience, if you've listened to the world that this is based on, you can gain some spoilers from that. That lives. Right, and how that happens and what that means is kind of, like, what's going to happen in the rest of the story. But... Like, the story begins with Leonard talking about, like, why he doesn't feel like he's met someone that can do this job. And this is kind of him saying why he doesn't feel like he's met someone that can do this job. Is that the only person in town that he fully trusts to actually have the town's best interest at heart is Rachel, who he doesn't think understands the, like, real value of this town. Like, she wants to understand it instead of, like witness it as something bigger than herself she wants to get it in a box but she does actually care and do her best and is like a person that he respects as like an equal you know so um that's kind of like what i'm trying to get at is that there's like a perspective of that like years of doing this is given that i think that like live as a character is missing right um 
and something to learn from that i think that will also then end up kind of being about herself now that i'm saying yeah. this that kind of works because that's going to be like what she needs to understand and, about I, and herself. i think that you've kind of set everything up nicely for the in i'm gonna just just for spoilers i'm yeah. just gonna bleep out what we said about the ending yeah we'll just say some spoiler yeah, I, stuff I'll bleep out. Let me <laughs> this, just, yeah, but i think you did set warning. up that really well with like i think it was the last chapter if not the chapter before where leonard was just like and i and i think that that sets up kind of your thing of just like oh well he doesn't know why he's doing this but then there is kind of the reason of the remembrance of oh yeah here's why i'm doing this and here's why because no one else can and i know i don't like that part of it i like that part of your story i think he did a good job i'm sorry earlier for ruining your flow um fans are not going to know what i'm talking about but I, I am sorry i do feel bad about that no you were you were totally you were that was totally appropriate i do not mind at all well we'll talk i actually yeah, want to talk to you about we it more were absolutely talking yeah, about no, this was, might even you, be you the did weird, nothing wrong. Like, yeah it's just <laughs> i mean half this episode is gonna get deleted i'm kidding but <laughs> <laughs> yeah there, there, was, there was a lot of time where we just said things that didn't too. <laughs> be said or just didn't say things at all <laughs> but yeah no i i i like look it's been a week off you i know, like the story i like what you're doing i am very excited to see where this keeps going i mean like you said because of the earlier um thing i know where this is going in the end but i don't know how we get there and i right. that's the thing why i never care about spoilers because i like to know i like to know the endings before i get there because ending scares me but i do also like the journey and i do like this journey we've taken i really like what you've written and i respect you as a writer if that doesn't sound too corny no it doesn't and like so for me with this story like it's always been like a case of this kind of being like a there's like this line that i drew in the world shop episode and this is like a giant tangent that comes back around to it in the end it basically explains a time gap in that world um and there's like a moment that i'm very excited about being that is basically the end of the story right like i know what that end is but the getting there is way different than what was in world shop and it already is like and it only gets more different from here, you know? Um, so I'm fine with you knowing what the end is because, well, one, it's, I think, if you understand any narrative structure at all and you read the first two chapters of this, you can pretty well guess the end. I'm not breaking new ground well, you're, here, you're doing you know? a good job it's telling like, the story uh, that you're telling. Have you seen Star Wars? Then you can guess the end of the story. <laughs> you know, it's like... Liv fights a guy uh, with double very... lightsabers and does a pod racing event. What are you talking about? Not episode one. No, episode oh. four. Episode oh, I've four. only <laughs> seen episode one. Episode... That's Joe Cody. We've seen, we've talked about Star Wars before. I was, there was like yeah, a moment where I, I saw your face and that's why I had to say that. It's a joke. I, I, we've <laughs> talked about this before. But I did watch um, episode one Pod Racer for a history class in high school, I must say. Yeah, for that one scene of Diplomat stuff happening, I watched it for history. Literally, we watched all of Star Wars episode one for history class. Wait. Wait, did you call Star Wars Episode One Star Wars yeah, Episode I One Pod Racer? Yeah, I don't know why I did that. Probably because of the video game Pod Racer. That game was so Jordan. We, we'll talk. Okay. About yeah. That anyways, game. why have we never played that game together? Anyways, because it's probably uh, not good in hindsight. No, it's really. Oh, really? Fun. Okay, cool. Yeah, I have not played it's it recently. So fast. I, the last time it's... I played it, I was probably like single digits maybe i don't know all right jordan i think we're done we need to yeah wrap i think up. we need we to wrap up going. no I, I i like what you did um though i it was appreciate very, all of your feedback it was very chapter, interesting honestly. that you had the revenant because like they only have 30 hp like it's not a big deal <laughs> like when you said did that, you just google that no no i right just made now? that up i i don't know how much hp they had i but i do know that they're pretty just like run-of-the-mill it's probably closer to like 25 or something they're like you can mow down a revenant <laughs> 
But um, yeah, it was it was. I like this show. I like doing this. We'll see where both are. My story is also pretty typical. You could tell how the story is going to end, but well, this I, part of the story is going to. I end. kind of don't really exactly. Well, no, I mean, this I part mean, of the story because you I, won't be able to tell how the story is going to end since I do plan on doing like four like solid books. It's more. That there's stuff about the characters that I don't know what your intention is oh. with. Yeah, well, yeah, you thought but Nate was we'll going to make a heel turn, and I told you no. <laughs> I'm still, I still am a proponent of Nate, the heel turn, you know, because that's like, that's like perfect, you know, your best friend becomes the villain. Yeah, the but end, that's so, t- they can see, have but this that's the thing that happens in everything, it's so it's typical. Like, oh, I don't want to have to kill but you, it, but and then going back to Star stab, Wars, stab, that's stab, literally stab. the thing that happens. It's very typical storyline, and I don't like, and I mean, I'm not breaking any new ground, but I don't like just following a trope for the sake of following a trope. It's not for the sake of following a trope. It would I think not, that it's le- like, I don't think that would lead to a good story. It demonstrates coming of age in the case of uh, the main character. But I think more of what I'm doing is coming figure. of age in the case of both characters. It was like they both are alerting. You'll see in the next chapter kind of how I set up like what they both learned from this last thing that just happened. I'm just going to start writing fan fiction. You can absolutely <laughs> write fan fiction and read it on the show. First they kiss, then they kill each other. Yeah. It's just Game of Thrones. Yeah, but that, that's just that's that just sounds so hokey to me, and I, that's not the story yeah, I want to write. Because that's exactly what Game of Thrones did. They kiss, and then he stabs her. Game of Thrones isn't good. Well, the last. Do you season. remember when Game of Thrones happened and it was really bad? Yeah, can we not? I just feel that's, like I mean that's kind of how I became friends with Diana. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, gotta we gotta end this show. Thank you for doing this with me. I just really liked your story. That's all. I'm I'm kind of in awe by it. But um, anyways, Cody, where can you. we catch you? Check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network or uh on podcasts. Not really on YouTube anymore as much. And then on Twitch. Uh, wandering underscore gamers most tuesday nights me and caitlin stream games that are aggressively irrelevant we just played all the sim city games and now we're doing sim safari a game that i don't understand how it's a game can, because to me a safari is a drive through the jungle yeah can you i don't know what i have to do, sim about that um game. streets of sim city next can you please i can talk to her about it i think at this point uh she's done like six weeks of games i wanted to do uh, so i'm kind well, of in debt. you can come back Although, to it later though but please do it frick i played all of a game called mist my yeah we've talked about Myst. it's like <sighs> she still owes me for that yeah but, but anyways. Like, please do you can do it not in a row with sim city but you can you please do streets of sim city just for like an hour i mean we'll, we'll talk about if i find it yeah i mean i got no problem with okay it. well i'll, I'll keep po- it's, it's I'll an irrelevant keep, game i'll keep poking so. at you till it happens it's fine yeah or we could play it sometime Jordan. sure i can watch you play it and just laugh at how horrible it is <laughs> now because man it doesn't hold up i looked at videos after we talked about some we need to end the show cody what are your plugs you already plugged okay i already did my plugs okay i i something i guess zero zero pretty much everywhere you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash something i guess zero zero where i do um the anime talk show on wednesdays called we belong so that's wednesdays at 7.30 Eastern, 5.30 Mountain, um, 4.30 West. But, okay, fine. 6.30 um, Central. Jeez. Um, what? Sorry, I realized I, I wasn't... I, didn't, I, I thought, said nothing and made no okay, faces. Okay, I thought you made a face at me for doing all but Central. I was like, ah. Oh. But then um, you can check out my other podcast, The Side Characters. Again, we're on hiatus, but we will be coming back with a vengeance pretty soon. 
um and um check out the other podcast well stream that i'm on chaos fiction theater in which me and my friend me, me and trin we read the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst fan fictions of all time and have a real hard time with it because they're bad we just read a um twilight a twilight fan fiction that was in the style of my mortal and it was pretty horrible so that's where you can catch me i'm cody anything else i'm good i'm done okay you can catch me at those places but you can also catch me on the flip side we'll talk to you later bye, bye.